Hi, everyone. If you're listening to this the day it drops and you're in the L.A. area, get yourself over to The Grove because we're recording with a live audience at the Barnes & Noble with guests L. Key and Keegan-Michael Key tonight, Friday, October 6th at 7 p.m. It's going to be a lot of fun. And our next live audience show, which will also be fun, is in L.A. on Sunday, October 15th at 7 p.m. at the Lyric Hyperion in Silver Lake with scheduled guest Ever Carradine and Ron Funches. Tickets and info on all of our shows are available at our website, gofactorpod.com. And make sure to follow us on all the socials at gofactorpod, because we've been posting exclusive clips, photos, and videos, plus making special announcements. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. And now, here's me! a real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we quiz the smartest people we know and find out why they love what they love. I'm Helen Hong. And now, recording remotely from our homes in Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you so much, Helen. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, J. Keith. Well, Helen, you know this, but I don't know if our listeners do. Through some uh, freak of finances, uh, I recently uh, have purchased a home, a, uh, a vacation home, a cabin in the mountains. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I now have uh, debt. <laughs> but I know you've been a homeowner for a while. I am now uh, starting the process of bringing in people to help fix things. Uh, and the more time I spend at this lovely cabin that I'm very grateful to have, uh, the more things I find that need fixing. Oh, and yeah. I don't know what it's like uh, other places, but in this mountain community, people don't seem to want my money to fix things. <laughs> they advertise themselves as contractors or plumbers or repair people. And then when I uh, call them, they'll come by, they'll measure things, and then I will never hear from them again. <laughs> have you had that kind huh. of experience with uh, with your home? Because I know you've done no, some renovations. No, I have had the exact opposite experience of people banging down my door being like, hey, can I please fix this? And I noticed Random this, people walk and by and say, yeah, I like to Yeah, yeah, literally. Really I have a lot of land, random landscapers, especially, mm -hmm. really want to work on my front lawn because apparently my front lawn needs work, which admittedly it does. Mm -hmm. So what have you learned from your experience that I might might find helpful or maybe our listeners in a similar situation could use? Hmm, probably not that useful, but whatever you think it's going to cost, it's going to cost more. Oh, no. <laughs> you never think about things like, oh, do I want my windows to slide up or down or side to side? These are things that you have to think about often when you are like a homeowner and replacing things and you're like, hmm, and what kind of, uh, you know, ledge do I want under the window? These are, I am not a DIY person. I'm mm -hmm. not a home improvement person. And so I'm like, I don't know what kind of window ledge I want. These are things you're going to have to think about, Jake Keith. Wow. Well, uh, I actually am getting a window replaced. What do you recommend? Up or down, side to side? Why not try diagonally, Jake Keith? Why not indeed? All right. Thank you, Helen, for that very helpful advice. Meanwhile, today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they may not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest, Helen, who is up first. He is a New York Times bestselling author whose books include the John Dies at the End series and the newest book in the Zoe Ash series, Zoe is 
too drunk for this dystopia. It's Jason Pargin. Hello, Jason. Hello, and thank you for mentioning all that. But frankly, if I don't win this quiz today, nothing I've accomplished matters. Nothing in my entire life. Really? It's okay. Not, just ash. not being a best-selling author and all of the follows you have on TikTok, all of that? Nothing. No. I, and I spoke to my father. He said, if I lose this, he's like, I don't have a son, as far as I'm oh, concerned. Wow. My entire wow. Well, at least your father knows that this podcast exists. Jason, <laughs> you seem to have a knack for titles. John dies at the end. This book is full of spiders. Zoe punches the future in the dick. You have said in an interview that they all have stupid titles, but I imagine that you actually put a lot of thought into them. The theory is that for every one person that actually reads the book, tens of thousands will pass it on a shelf or see the tiny thumbnail on Amazon. And I figure if I can give those people like two seconds of joy, then that's mm -hmm. I've done something. If they couldn't afford the book. They can see the cover yeah. and they can chuckle. That is such a generous reason to come up with a title. <laughs> I was I was thinking, oh, it's it'll help you sell books. But you're like, I want to bring joy. I honestly think it's possible that calling the book Zoe Punches the Future in the Dick uh, may have cost me from some sales. I, I can't oh, I can't know that. But I did dream of like maybe winning a national book award or like you know, a <laughs> and then yeah. having to say that. But I did not. I looked and I when they, they announced them, it wasn't on there. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have sold enough books that uh, you were able to add to that franchise with the new book in the Zoe Ass series called Zoe is Too Drunk for This Dystopia. How much of this book was planned as you thought about the, the characters maybe since the last book? And how much do you discover as you're writing? I outline a lot in advance, but I also try very hard not to demand that the readers have read any of the previous books. They're episodic mm -hmm. because I have this thing where somebody says, oh, there's this great series you've got to get into. There's 26 books. Just start reading those now. It, trust <laughs> me, it's worth it. After the first eight books, it gets really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody who reads like one book every five years, I want them to pick it up and say, hey, this is why people read. As an avowed non-reader, I deeply appreciate that. Yeah. I'm going to say also, this is a confession because I know it's just between us. Mm. I don't read that much either. My Kindle is <laughs> packed with books. I run out of the memory. People listening to this are going to say, well, you seem to have time for TikTok. Yes, I was going to ask uh, you, you about that. <laughs> you seem to know all the TikTok trends. Yeah. Jason, Mr. Writer Man, why are you not reading the great works of literature? Well, I've learned that book TikTok is actually a thing. You know, you do not seem like the typical demo of someone who would uh, have a big TikTok following. What's your thinking behind uh, being on TikTok? Other authors were saying to me, hey, everybody has gone to TikTok because Twitter is a nightmare. So last year I got on there and just started following some book talkers and some other authors. Fast forward one year, I have 300,000 followers <laughs> and now I'm almost entirely known for TikTok, far, far more so than people that have actually read my books. So there we go. I did not plan for this to happen. You never know where life is going to take you. Yeah, indeed. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about uh, before TikTok, before the books, uh, some people knew you as the executive editor of Cracked.com and uh, for some very memorable viral pieces that you wrote, um, the most of which probably was a piece called Six Harsh Truths That Will Make You a Better Person. And you look at that title and you think, oh, this is going to be mean or frivolous. It's really motivating and thoughtful. I was actually quite moved by reading it this morning because you talk about uh, the different ways that uh, you have privilege and, and talents and how people ought to be demonstrating value both in the career but also in dating. What motivated you to write that and to keep updating it since it was first published, I believe, in 2012? Yeah, it was just 
this thing trying to motivate people who I felt like due to the world and capitalism as it exists can be incredibly discouraging in every way. And especially in our audience, you have like a lot of young men who in this specific era, when they came along, I think it's just so demoralizing and a lot of them get very bitter. So it was kind of trying to be like this tough love Mm. thing. Like, look, bitterness only gets you so far. You have to go out and do something for other people. You don't have to get rich. You don't have Mm -hmm. to get famous, but do something you can be proud of, even if it's being a great friend, even if it's being a great caregiver. And I don't think there's a shortcut to loving yourself that's not being generous with people or being demonstrating your value somehow, getting good at something. Well, you've certainly given us a lot of value by being with us today. Jason Pargin, everybody. Helen, against whom will Jason be competing? She is a writer, actor, and comedian whose stand-up special, Lovejoy, was nominated for a Critics' Choice Award and is available to stream on Peacock. It's Joyelle Nicole Johnson. Hello, Joyelle. Hey, 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 both of you. Hey, Helen, haven't seen you in so long, girlie. I know. Hi, Joyelle. Yes, you and uh, you and Helen go back. Tell us about that, Joyelle. Oh, we've traveled all over the country we have. fighting anti-choice uh, weirdos. <laughs> we have vanned across the country in a, in a like a 15-pass van with a bunch of other activists and, you know, told jokes and uh, yeah, it's been great. And so, that was part of the Lady Parts great. Justice Tour, I imagine? Yes, uh, formerly Lady Parts Justice, now Abortion Access Front. Well, Joya, let's talk about this wonderful special called Love Joy. Did you really Yay. shoot that on a milestone birthday? I did. I shot it on my 40th birthday Woo-hoo! two years ago. So she's 42 now. She's real <laughs> cute. She's also too old to be on TikTok. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I shot it on my 40th birthday because what, what a great way to force people to come to your birthday party. <laughs> That's great. Well, it opens with a bunch of celebrities wishing you well. Um, I have a little bit of experience with this, but how do you get celebrities to do things for you? Okay. I think I asked a bunch of people and those were the ones that said yes. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because this one woman was interviewing me for the special. She's like, did you get that through Cameo? Were those Cameos? (laughs) I was like, how dare you? I know. Offensive. No. How dare you? I was like, you don't know who I am? Well, they do. I do not not pay for Alana Glazer to say hello to me. Absolutely not, boo. Okay? That's my friend. It's very cool. You and I have something else in common, which is that uh, George Carlin was a big influence in your comedy. Um, But uh, also, you said uh, the reason that you stopped going to Sunday school? Oh, absolutely. I got kicked out of Sunday school. (laughs) I did when I was like maybe 10 years old or so because I kept asking questions. It, it didn't make sense to me. The Sunday school teacher told me that, you know, anyone who doesn't accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior was going to hell. And I was like, my friend is Jewish. And they were like, he's going to hell. I was like, this don't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, y'all, y'all are wild. And then I kept asking questions and the other kids would ask questions. And so mutiny oh. was happening. And they called my mother. They were like, you have to either tell her to stop asking questions or she can't come anymore. And my mother turned to me. She was like, do you want to come anymore? And I was like, no. <laughs> so and she let you. I didn't go to Sunday school anymore. Oh, so that's a mom who supported your curiosity. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was also a science human. Oh, okay. She's a medical professional. So she was just like, ah, all right, it's fine. Solo show that you've been touring called Not the Mama. Uh, it's sort of a different take on parenthood, one might say. <laughs> Tell us a little bit uh, about that. 
absolutely not. The Mama is touring this year was huge because I had a hysterectomy. And yes. No, I don't know if I'm and supposed to woot woot that. <laughs> you better woot woot that. Yeah, okay. People gotta woot woot things. Woot woot it for me because okay. I am woot wootable. <laughs> TMI, haven't had a period in eight months. Are you jealous, Woo! Helen? I'm so okay. jealous. <laughs> I will woot woot for that. Wow. Yes. So, yeah, no, and that was like me really coming to the conclusion this year that I wasn't gonna have any children and I feel great about it, you know? The societal pressure of being a mother is so wild and I just want to be a rich auntie. That's more my vibe, babe. I'll pick up the kids. Same. Teach them how to drink and do drugs responsibly. Yes, Helen is, is the auntie as well. Yes, I think we've got a lot of aunties on this call. Lastly, I want to ask you about um, before you got into comedy, I read that you worked as a middle school teacher. Oh, yes. Now, do, now does that toughen you up for, to prepare you for tough comedy audiences that you might have when you're starting out? Can't nobody heckle you like a middle schooler. <laughs> <laughs> Those children have made me cry before or, you know, I you would think you're trying to get into them and get through, and then they'll say something about your outfit, or I, I thought I was getting feuded as one kid. He was like, I can smell the onions you had for lunch. I was like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did you have any moments like you see in the movies where, like, you reached through to that tough kid and, and, and uh, he appreciated what you had to offer? Oh, no, I kicked a kid in the chest and got fired. Oh, okay, well. So. An inspiring story <laughs> coming this summer. <laughs> To movies across Joelle's, the nation. Joelle's comedy origin story. Kicking a kid. Yeah. Kicking a kid. Yes. Also why I'm not the mama. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes it might be for the best. Excellent. Well, it's so lovely that you're joining us today. Joelle Nicole Johnson, everybody. Yay, I hear the applause. All right, well, Joyelle and Jason, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work that you say that you know and love. Jason, you said that you know and love the Patrick Swayze film Roadhouse, the British panel show Taskmaster, and Twitter. Whereas, Joyelle, you said that you know and love Stevie Wonder songs, How to Live in Luxury in Brooklyn, and Drag Queens and Drag Race and Drag Race All-Stars. I did that. Yes. Well, later on, we're going to ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect or incomplete answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, paper planes. First up is Jason with paper. Jason, your question comes from a listener. Who is it, Helen? I will let them tell you themselves because we have a listener recording. Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for our What's the Difference round, go to gofactyourpod.com and click on Get Involved. Okay, play it. Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Wanko from Catonsville, Maryland. My question for What's the Difference is, while both may be used to make a folding toy airplane, What's the difference between paper and parchment? Love the show. Thanks. All right, Jason, you heard our listener. What is the difference between paper and parchment? I'm going to say that paper is made from wood pulp and that parchment is made from something other than that. I think of parchment as being more like a cloth, so maybe it's made from some sort of cloth fiber, cotton or something like that. A cloth fiber. All right. We've got Jason's answer. We don't know yet if he's entirely correct. Joel, if you don't think he got it exactly right, you can steal anything you'd like to change or add. Uh, parchment is maybe better to make airplanes with because it has texture 
and maybe you could see through it. I don't know. All right. Well, this segment needs to be given its walking papers. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Paper comes from plants, mostly from wood pulp. You know, trees. Parchment comes from animals, mostly sheepskin. There's also a type of parchment called vellum, which is made from calf skin. And while some paper imitates the look and feel of parchment, it's no more real parchment than goldenrod colored paper is made of real goldenrod flowers. Wow, very disappointing to find that out about the goldenrod. That's right. Since parchment is stretched and treated animal skin, you can sometimes see a shadow of an animal's spine in it. That was often where the parchment was folded to make pages of a book, leading to the incorrect belief that that is where the term the spine of a book comes from. That is incorrect. But I think the spine of the book comes from when it finally stands up to its dad. Helen, how did our guest do? I'm still shuddering from that the descriptor you gave about the spine. <laughs> yes. I'm like, what? Well, what um, about those what about those poor trees? <laughs> do you ever think about them, Helen? I think Jason got one point because Jason did say paper was made of wood pulp. So one point for Jason. Yes. I have I have paper plane trauma. <laughs> one point for Jason. Very good. All right. Up next in paper planes is Joyelle with planes. Joyelle, while both can be found covering much of America, what's the difference between a plane and a prairie? A plane and a prairie. Oh, my goodness. A plane. Uh, is it a different in size? Is it a difference? <laughs> is is a plane way further out um, and the cowboys and Indians would gallop on it? And then the prairie is smaller. Is smaller. All right. Doyle backing away confidently from the microphone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> To get as far away from her answer as possible. All right, we've got Doyle's answer. We don't know yet if she's entirely correct. Jason, anything you'd like to add or change? The only thing I can think of with, with a prairie, I think of prairie grass. So I would mm -hmm. think, well, maybe it has to do with the vegetation you find on it. But if you ask me to imagine a plane, I'm also imagining grass. Mm. So as a blind, wild guess, I'm going to say that a prairie has grass and that a plane has shrubs or something. And that that's the difference is the vegetation is the vegetation. All right, well, this segment plainly doesn't have a prayer e. So let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. A plane is an underlying geological formation that is very flat and broad. According to National Geographic, plains cover about one-third of the Earth's land surface. A prairie is what lives on some plains. A grouping of plants and animals that live in a certain area is called a biome. And the particular biome that lives on some plains is called a prairie. That's right. Now, all kinds of biomes can exist on a plain, for instance, or a desert, a tundra. But the unique plant and animal life on a prairie is only found in North America. Helen, how did our guest do? I want to give Jason one point. Because you did say vegetation. Mm -hmm. You do not have to give me one point out of pity. Look, you're you're talking to a man who chose the film Roadhouse as one of his. <laughs> there, was, there was no chance I was going to understand the complexities of how a, a prairie is part of a a plain biome. It's well, you know what I you know what Jason I'll give you half a point. I'll wow! Congratulations, point. Jason, on successfully arguing down your yeah. point score. Yeah. Uh, now, now, Helen, what about Joyelle? Hello. Joyelle, a plane is say, bigger than a prairie. That That's is what true. You just said. That is true. You know what? That is true. All right. I'll give you one point, Joyelle. 
Oh, wow. well, thank you. What a turn of events. She's hard with these points. Hell no. yeah. She's, she's serious. I, I thought we were friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. Joyelle successfully argued for more points, and Jason successfully <laughs> argued for fewer. What does that make our score at the end of that round, Helen? At the end of that round, Jason Pargin has a point and a half, and Joyelle Johnson has one point. But those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Oh, Helen, I'm having such a hard time getting good deals on quality meats at the grocery store. Why do you go to the grocery store when you can get incredible deals on premium cuts from ButcherBox, Jay Keith? Oh, yeah, ButcherBox. Now, remind me again how ButcherBox works, as if they have not been a sponsor for a long time. (laughs) With ButcherBox, you can easily find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust delivered right to your door. ButcherBox offers curated and customized box plans with free shipping. Oh, I love that curation and the customization because, as you know, Helen, I don't eat fish, but what do you eat? I do eat fish and I eat chicken, but I don't eat animals with four legs. And I enjoy beef, which I'm told often comes from an animal with four legs. The point is, we can all get what we want, and it is so good and so easy to use with incredible recipes. Ugh, the quality. It is mwah. Ugh, ugh. Helen, I don't know why I'm so exasperated. Uh. (laughs) It's also very convenient because it comes in these like prepackaged packages. So you just take out the amount that you want. You know, there'll be like a couple of chicken thighs or like, you know, a little bit of of scallops. And it's you can just take out what you need and save the rest. And it's awesome. It is awesome. Oh, I understand they're giving us some sort of special deal. Tell us about that, Helen. ButcherBox is giving us a special deal. Yeah, sign up today using code GOFAC to receive ground beef for life. Plus $20 off your first order. That's two pounds of ground beef free in every box for the lifetime of your membership. Plus $20 off your first order. Yeah, that's all when you sign up at ButcherBox.com GOFACT and use code GOFACT. And that's why we say thank, thank you, ButcherBox. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Jason Pargin and Joyelle Nicole Johnson. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you so much, Helen. All right, Jason, of your many interests, you told us that you know and love the Patrick Swayze film Roadhouse, the British panel show Taskmaster, and Twitter. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us what the Patrick Swayze film Roadhouse means to you. When I was in high school as a teenager, my parents sprung for cable for the first time. This was pre-internet. And on HBO or Cinemax, one of them, they played Roadhouse, I think, 13 times a day. (laughs) Uh, So I have seen Roadhouse Probably a hundred times. There was a period in my youth when I had memorized the film. <gasps> oh, wow. I don't think that's still true. If you're going to ask me, but do you like the film? Right. That is an irrelevant question. That's <laughs> like asking me how I feel about hydrogen. It's just a part of my universe. It's, it, it just is. Uh, all right, Jason. Next, tell us what the British panel show Taskmaster means to you. I discovered this during the pandemic. It became my whole world. It got mm-hmm. me through... I've watched every episode at least once. I've go look up trivia about it. I joined the subreddit. Oh wow. It it came along at a point in my life where that was what I needed. It's one of the most listeners who have not 
watched it. It is one of the most joyous things on television. It's it's hard to express it. Wonderful. And then finally, tell us about how you know and or love Twitter. Yeah, because again, I used to write on the internet. I used to make my living mm-hmm. online. So it's like, yeah, there's this new thing. It's like a blogging service, but you only have 140 characters to work with. So I created an account like I did with all of them. I had every time new thing that comes along, I have to start an account. It's like, nobody's going to use this. You get one mm-hmm. sentence. What are you even, what's it even for? It's like you're writing text messages for a general audience who's nobody's going to use this. And then you fast forward, I don't know, 2000, I fast forward seven years and the president is on there and mm. all of democracy is pivoting around Twitter and what happens wow. on Twitter. And, Uh, The whole thing with what's happened to it recently with Elon Musk taking over it has had a large impact on my life. It has been very weird how Mm. impactful this oddball platform has become. Well, to summarize, Jason, you said that you know and love the Patrick Swayze film Roadhouse, the British panel show Taskmaster, and Twitter. Today we're going to quiz you about Taskmaster. Okay. Okay, very excited. Uh, what are, what are some of there, your favorite? There's a lot yeah. of Taskmasters. There is a lot of Taskmasters. This has been on for 15 seasons, but there's a lot of Taskmaster to know about. There is. Well, what are some of your favorite moments or contestants when you think back on all the Taskmaster that you've watched? So the thing with Taskmasters that introduced me to all of these faces that are familiar in the UK, and like James Atcaster and Bob Mortimer and all these names that they see these people come up on these panel shows and they know and love them, but they don't turn up in the USA very often. You see someone like Johnny Vegas or Bob Mortimer, names that I did not know until Taskmaster, mm-hmm. and then you watch them perform and you realize, oh, this is a, a legend mm. over there. Well, uh, here's something you might not know. Uh, I am an enormous fan of Taskmaster, and I have been waiting for months for one of our guests to choose this as a topic <laughs> so I can have a reason to geek out with them. So thank you so much for doing that. Just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in this topic with an expert level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Joyelle, do listen closely because if Jason answers incorrectly, you can steal. By the way, Joyelle, how much do you know about Taskmaster? Ain't never heard of it. Ain't never seen it. Um, did not know it was a thing for 15 seasons. So good luck with the steal, baby. <laughs> okay. We'll see if Jason gives you a chance to uh, get in there. Here's question number one. Jason, while Taskmaster has been an enormous hit in the UK, winning a BAFTA award and recently being renewed for six seasons on Britain's Channel 4, America has been, let's face it, too stupid to embrace it on TV. A U.S. version of the show lasted just one season on Comedy Central. And what network, best known for shows like Supernatural, Smallville, and Riverdale, changed its plans to run the U.K. version of Taskmaster after only airing one episode? Uh, The CW. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Very nice. Fun fact, international versions of Taskmaster currently run in Australia, Canada, Croatia, Denmark, Finland, New Zealand, Norway, Portugal, and Sweden. The American version featured Reggie Watts as the Taskmaster. Reggie was a guest on our show on episode 128. I would love to know who at the CW thought that Riverdale fans would be into Taskmaster. (laughs) (laughs) Here's question number two. Jason, nearly every task starts with a contestant reading the assignment they must complete from a piece of thick paper, not parchment, sealed with wax. When a task comes with a time limit, what four-word phrase typically is the last line on that piece of paper? Time starts now. Ellen? That is correct. That is correct. Fun fact, all the information is on the task. 
Here's question number three. You are two for two. Many tasks seem explicitly designed to pay homage to or stroke the ego of taskmaster Greg Davis and can lead to some interesting results. But which of the following is not something that a contestant did for him? Was it get a tattoo of his name on their body, buy him a new car, make him a British lord, make a cologne of his scent, or send a replica of his head into space? Uh, Buy him a car. Helen? That is correct. With no hesitation. Yes, that is correct. Fun fact, other tributes to the Taskmaster included making an original rap video, making a replica of his childhood teddy bear, making a 4,000-piece jigsaw puzzle of his face, and making out with his life-sized cardboard cutout. Does he really have a replica of his head in space? Uh, not not anymore, but there, but it was brought up to space and then gently lowered back down wow. to Earth. Wow. It was pretty wow. – it's, it's an incredible video if you want to look it up online and see the, uh, see the whole thing. It's pretty great. Just you were three for three. Here's question number four. You do still have your hints available. It's not just the hosts and the contestants we meet on Taskmaster. One is a recurring guest who's joined the show several times, a blonde-haired man who doesn't always speak English. What is the name and home country of this nice young fellow? Uh, That would be Fred the Swede. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. The buzzsaw. Jason Pargin just cutting through these questions so quickly. Fun fact, tasks involving Fred the Swede include learn Swedish and make this Swedish person blush. Do you ever think about what you would do, how you would handle the task if you were on the show, Jason? I think I would melt down under the stress <laughs> of it. Like, I find this stressful, and there's literally nothing at stake. I appreciate your uh, realizing <laughs> hey, that. Hey, wait, wait, ser- wait. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Based on the, the email, I do understand that the winner does get $200,000. Oh, I don't uh, know what email I, you received, wow. but we do unless need to I move on to it. question number five. <laughs> well, Jason, you're doing quite well under whatever stress you've given yourself in this quiz. All right, here's question number five. You have a chance to go five for five. Of the nearly 100 contestants to appear on Taskmaster UK, only one has won every task in an episode, tying for the highest ever episode score. What is the high score for an episode of Taskmaster, and who is one of the two contestants to achieve it? Now, this is a deep cut here. Mm-hmm. This is not. This is one where uh, a mere cursory viewing of all the episodes would not, because I don't know that I have this kind of memory, but I'm going to try to think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to ask for one of my one of my lifelines. There is no shame in the hint. Helen, how about that first hint? She is Canadian. He is Irish. And the number is the minimum age to be a U.S. senator. I'm going to say Dara O'Brien did it. Okay. And we're looking for the number, which happens to be the same age as the minimum age as a U.S. senator. 32. Helen? That is not correct. Not quite correct. Joya with a chance to steal. Uh, Daniel Sloss and Uh (laughs) and 30. Helen? That is also not quite correct. Yes, but if you put them together, you will get a correct answer because it was Dara O'Brien. The other is Catherine Ryan. So that's a half a point for Jason. And it was 30. So that's a half a point for Joyelle. Very nice job, both of you. Fun fact, while Dara won all tasks on his episode, plus two bonus points for his 30, Catherine Ryan reached 30 thanks to 15 bonus points in the final round. Dara O'Brien also has the sole record for the most points in a series with 184. The lowest series score goes to Paul Chowdhury with 66. All right, Jason, you obviously did quite well in that round, but now here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Oh my goodness. 
we'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. As we mentioned, while there have been several spinoffs of Taskmaster that have aired internationally, there are three notable versions in the UK. One has aired the last three years on January 1st. Another was a pair of specials that aired in 2017 and 2022. And a third is scheduled to air next year. For up to three points, what are the titles of these three specials and spinoffs? The one that airs on January 1st is The New Year's Treat. Okay. Um, The other special is The Champion of Champions. Mm -hmm. But I can't think of what the other spinoff would be unless, let me do the math. Is there, have there been enough seasons that they could do a champion of champion of champions? I don't think so. (laughs) I think at one time there was a rumor of a taskmaster junior for kids. Are they actually doing that by chance? Do you want to make Uh, that your guess? That's my answer. That's my guess. All right. Helen is taking note of those answers. We've an expert on hand to tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight from Chesham, England, is the creator, producer, writer, and co-host of Taskmaster. It's Alex Horn. Hello, Alex Horn. <laughs> Hello. Well, this is very, very strange for me. How are you all? We're very well. What an honor and delight to have you join us. Well, I've been sort of lurking watching this for the last uh, half an hour. I'm glad you know you got those answers right, Jason. That could have been pretty awkward. But um, thanks for saying such a nice thing. And Joyelle, it's very nice to meet you. And you say you don't know the show, but you got that 30 answer spot suspiciously quick. Yes, very suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I'm going to watch the show. I would have loved it if the fictional name she had just pulled out of her butt had just been Lou Saunders or something. Just (laughs) somehow just nailed one of the... Uh, well, you know but, what, Daniel Sloss is a great answer because I mean he's a, he's a great comic and he I'm sure he's going to be on it one day. So when when he's on, Joyelle, that's a serious. Yes, thing. that's a pre a European, pre-answer. I just named a European comic that I know. <laughs> Clever. Well, Alex, it's wonderful that you joined us for our listeners who can't see. I believe you were wearing your Taskmaster suit. I never take it off. JP. <laughs> This is my, uh, yeah, this is what I have to wear in the show. And uh, and I, I genuinely, I like having a uniform. It's nice not to have to choose clothes, I think. So, yeah, um, how, how many of those suits are in your wardrobe? <laughs> genuinely, there must be eight. Wow, okay. Eight, because eight I tend to get pretty mucky. People treat me badly on the show and, yeah, I get through them. People yeah. cut them up. People coat me in things. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You Very definitely cool. need You definitely need a change. <laughs> now, Jason describes Taskmaster as a panel show. Do you see it as a panel show? I guess a panel show is quite sedentary and uh, yeah. tends to be people behind a desk giving opinions. And we, we get people up off their uh, seat do, doing stuff. So it's sort of a sitcom because we have the same cast mm-hmm. uh, for a whole series. So there, there are little relationships that form. I don't really know what it is, though. It's it's sort of a children's program that adults watch. <laughs> That's a good description as well. We mentioned before that uh, for some reason it has not been a hit on American TV, but it is still a hit with Americans. The YouTube channel of Taskmaster gets uh, something over 10 million views a month. And uh, I read somewhere that more than 70% of that is from the U.S. I know people have asked you before, you've said that you would not give a U.S. version another shot. Is that still the case? Oh, I say a lot of things. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know is the answer. I, okay. I, I, I quite like my family in England. Mm. And right. um, <laughs> doing it in America would mean me moving to America for quite a while. So we did it for six weeks. And uh, Reggie and I got on brilliantly. We had a really good time. But um, Comedy Central did change the format quite heavily. So yeah. I think if we did it again, we would try to stick to 
the, our guns a bit more and say this is the way we're doing it or we're not doing it at all but yeah i think the biggest change was they made it they made it a half hour instead of an hour and, and that just didn't didn't feel right for the kind of uh, vibe that you were going for yeah it made us realize i suppose in retrospect we like taking our time and right. letting things unfold it's the whole show is improvised really so no there's no script so it helps when there isn't uh an ad break every six minutes yeah <laughs> uh, uh, that was a major flaw. Yeah. Part of what's special about the show, Alex, and seeing it from an American's point of view, it being clear that everyone, it is such a tight knit community in the UK of the comics to where you can literally have Ed Gamble and, you know, the taskmaster bantering about being in his hot tub <laughs> three months ago. <laughs> I wish they would just bring the UK version. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't understand why I can't just pay channel four to get channel four. Sure. It's like, and it's like, no, for no amount of money, Jason, you can't have it. I, you're probably right. I mean, it, it pains me to think that an American one would never work. And that you, there must be some sort of close knit uh, comedy community, but I do know even it's such a small country, England and you know, every, mm. We are we we do all live. Well, most comics live in London. Most comics live within a few miles of that house, and, so, and we do all know each other because we all tour together, and we all go to Edinburgh together. So, um, yeah, you're probably right. However, when I was over there, everyone seems to know Reggie Watts, and uh, <laughs> and he took me out a lot. And there was he's hard to miss. Was so nice, yeah. 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 So you never know. But I think those those are all very good points. But maybe we can bring Americans over to, to our one. That, that's what I would love to see as well. We actually have a little bit of news that was just released yesterday about how Americans can watch the upcoming season, uh, Series 16. Um, what can you tell us about that? Or maybe, I don't even know if you know about this. I haven't got a clue. You've got to remember, I don't know nearly Anything. as much as okay. Jason about what? this program. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one of Jason's points was that it's difficult for Americans to watch it. Uh, I just saw on the Taskmaster official YouTube page yesterday that uh, Americans will now be able to watch uh, the new Series 16 the day after it airs on Channel 4 in Britain. So we will not wow. have to uh, chase down illicit copies. Not that I've done that, of course. Uh, but you'll be able to watch it legitimately on YouTube. Uh, so that that's great news for people who want to uh, catch up to the show uh, as it happens. Well, I think that is for us. It's good news. We realised just putting it out on YouTube, it, it's not really about. Well, for me personally, it's not about money. It's just mm -hmm. you know, the more people that watch it, the better because we grow the community. So um, that seems good to me. I like it being free. Yeah, that's wonderful for wonderful news for Taskmaster fans. I think one of the greatest things about it is the what what people call lateral thinking. You give these tasks to these people, and uh, they approach them in ways that aren't so straightforward. Uh, maybe even finding loopholes. Are there ones that particularly surprised you when you look back? It was the very first time someone was really lateral, I suppose, was mm -hmm. series two. There's a very tall man called Richard Osman, mm -hmm. who uh, there was a task, which was to put three enormous exercise balls mm -hmm. on three yoga mats. And the three yoga mats were at the top of a hill and the uh, three balls were at the bottom of the hill. So four comics carried these balls up to the hill and they kept rolling down. And Richard Osman... And we didn't expect him to do this. We didn't expect anyone to do. He ran to the top of the hill, grabbed the mats and brought them down instead of bringing the balls up. So from that moment on, everyone is looking for the loophole. And yeah, yeah. he just seemed very smart. So it, I always prefer the people who are bad than the people who are good. They're, they're oh, that's interesting. Funny. Tell us more about why. Oh, the people in last place are always the favorites. <laughs> as long Bless as they try. Yeah. yeah, as long as they try the hardest. And I, no one likes a smart Alec too much. You know, you don't want to win all the tasks. Um, yeah, especially when it's one that involves athleticism. Those are the ones that seem kind of unfair. It's like, oh, you just know how to play cricket. Yeah, that does sometimes happen. Yeah. And we really, because actually we want it to be a really level playing field and it's different sort of brains that win. 
And actually, I think statistically, I think women are much better at it than men, but the men think they're going to be better at it. They're so, <laughs> um, so Some things are true around the world, not just, not just yeah. in the surprise, U.S. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, last one to ask you about. I actually, by coincidence, before I knew we were even going to have you today, I'm actually going to be in London this week. And I had written on my itinerary to visit the Taskmaster house because it's something that I would love to see. Is that a good destination for a Taskmaster fan to go and see the I mean, house? It's possible. So if you type it into Google Maps, type yeah. Taskmaster House, and it tells you exactly where it is. We went for a, about a year of taking it down every single day, but now it's 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 too late. Everyone knows where it is. So we have people every day outside. With there's no security. So I I mean don't Good necessarily. Okay. I'm gonna write that, that down. Are there other ways for for tourists who are fans of Taskmaster to experience uh, Taskmaster <laughs> when you're not taping? We're not that organized. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, you could just turn up, and we'll probably see. We're, we're next to a golf course, so if you play golf on that course and hit your ball into a hedge, you'll find us. <laughs> we've, had, we've had golfers. We had golfers crawl under the hedge and pop up, and there's Bob Mortimer. It is like it is like a incredibly charming little house that has seen so many stupid things happen. <laughs> if, if those walls could talk, they would yeah, cry. They sort of can. Yeah. yeah. All right, Alex. Let's get to the reason we brought you here. As far as our game is concerned, you heard the question right, that we asked of Jason. First, we wanted to know what was the name of the Taskmaster spinoff special that has aired the last three years on January first. What did Jason say, Helen? Jason said, "New Year's treat." And Alex? Jason is correct again. It is Very the Taskmaster's nice. New Year's Treat. Well done. It's a difficult, it's not a great name, I don't think, but uh, I think we were given that by Channel 4. It, it does what it says on the tin. It's on New Year's and it's a treat. So. Yeah. I think it's up to the viewer whether it's a treat or not. I think it should just be a New Year television program and they can decide afterwards. <laughs> That's right. You don't want, you don't want to overpromise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. One point there for Jason. Very nice. Next, we wanted to know what was the pair of specials that aired in 2017 and 2022? What did Jason say, Helen? Jason said champion of champions. And Alex? Yet again. Jason is correct. Well done, Very Jason. good for a point. By the way, uh, Jason, I think, was wondering if there has been enough champion of champions to make a champion of champions of champions. Is that something that uh, is going to be in the works? Well, it all depends. So we're going to get up to Series 21 with the current commission, which mm -hmm. would give us four champions of champions. And just four more series after that will give us five champions of champions, which would, you know, it's, it's in the back of all of our minds. We're just yes. about to do the third champion of champions in a, in a month or so. So um, it's heading that direction. But, you know, Greg is... He's an old man now. <laughs> well, it's very exciting. He's all right, not a healthy man. So we'll see. All right, come on, Greg. You got to stay healthy so we can get yeah. to that ultimate, ultimate champion of champion of champions. <laughs> all right, and then finally, we wanted to know from Jason what is the third spinoff that is scheduled to air starting next year? Helen, what did Jason say? Jason said Taskmaster Junior. And Alex Horn. The correct name is Junior Taskmaster. So I think you get the points, surely. But, oh. And we toyed for a long time whether it's Taskmaster Junior or Junior Taskmaster, but but JTM is apparently youth speak for Jetem. So I I love you in French. So ah. and so we thought JTM is quite a nice Junior Taskmaster has a very slightly nicer ring. But uh, yes, I think you I think he gets the point. A perfect score in the cluster for Jason. Very nice, Jason. While we have Alex Horn here, anything else you'd like to ask or say to him? Uh, two things. One, who's hosting Junior Taskmaster? Is it two children? <laughs> no, it's two. It's two former contestants. So yeah, it's not. Uh, me and Greg because of time, but uh, Rose Matafeo is the Taskmaster, oh, and Mike Wozniak is the Taskmaster's assistant, who are real for fans of the show. They're they're just yeah. proper genuine Taskmaster 
people and really funny people. So, and what age range is the uh, are the junior taskmaster competitors going to be? It's something like nine to eleven. It's, it's, wow. it's so in England we have primary school, secondary school, mm-hmm. and uh, and this is the last two years of primary school. So before yeah. the kids get too old, you know, too annoying. Yes, uh, <laughs> but, they, but they're hopefully capable of doing things. Yeah. So I've got kids who are ten, twelve, and fourteen, and. I, I think it feels about right. Yeah. And they're all professional comedians. The kids, of course. Yes. Wonderful. (laughs) Listening to the podcast with all the ex-contestants and all that, one thing all of them 100% have said across the board is how incredibly supportive the cast and the crew is and even the camera people and how like kind and welcoming. For some reason, that makes me very emotional because it's even listening to like Fern Brady talking about how she was treated and made to feel at ease. I suspect that in that world, that that is a very rare thing where everybody top to bottom. And I think that that starts from the top. Well, that's such a lovely thing to say. And that there's two people who are at the top who aren't me, both called Andy, who's the producer and the director, who've done the show from the beginning. And actually, Andy, the producer, didn't have any children when we started. He's now got three. So we've been together for 10 years and, you know, grown up like it. But Andy, the director, is it's all about being nice and... Mm. Uh, creating that atmosphere so i'm really glad that comes across so i will pass that on to the team i might consider doing that on this show but we'll we'll see Uh alex it has indeed been a treat for you to join us obviously i'm a huge fan and uh, this means so much to me especially that you stayed up with us uh while you were over there across the pond uh if people want to know more about you or taskmaster where can they find out more information oh i guess at the normal places uh i also don't call it x so i suppose twitter Mm -hmm. you know you know what just the Google, you have Google in America? I think we just We've got it, yes. It. We've heard of it. Yeah. 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 Use Google, I would say. Use yeah, Google. I don't have anything. I'm not very good at this. So just, do you want my phone number? I could give you my phone number. <laughs> I don't know if that would be wise. I don't know if you've okay. met many Americans. We don't, we don't, we're not very good with boundaries. Uh, right. But, of course, people can watch the new Series 16 of Taskmaster on YouTube. So uh, make sure to do that and check out everything Taskmaster. It's such a wonderful, wonderful show. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's Little Alex Horn. Pleasure. Lovely to meet you all. All right, Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Jason Pargin has nine points and Joelle Nicole Johnson has a point and a half with a round of questions for Joelle coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Joelle about a topic she knows about. Plus later, Jason and Joelle will go head to head in our Fast Facts round, all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. The human mind can be tricky. Your mental health can be complex. Your emotional life can be complicated. So it helps to talk about it. I'm John Moe. Join me each week on my show, Depression Mode with John Moe. It's in-depth conversations about mental health with writers, musicians, comedians, doctors, and experts. Folks like Noah Khan, Sashir Zameda, and Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. We talk about depression, anxiety, trauma, imposter syndrome, and perfectionism. We have the kind of conversations that a lot of folks are hesitant to have themselves. Listen, and you won't feel as alone, and you'll have some laughs, too. Depression Mode for Maximum Fun at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Daniel Barwella, technology and data specialist. I'm here with... Kira Gowan, Ad Operations Specialist, and we are both worker owners here at Maximum Fun. October is National Co-op Month, so we're celebrating our brand new co-op and others with an event called Co-Optober. We've got special events all month long, starting with a live Q&A on YouTube, where Max Fun worker owners will answer your questions on Friday, October 6th, and much more to come. We also want to tell you about some incredible limited edition merch exclusively available to Max Fun members until the end of October. 
If you're already a member of MaxFun, you've shown that you care about our shows and what we do. If you also want to help launch us into this new cooperative era and show off your support, go ahead and get yourself a hat, pin, or shirt. We worked with some of our favorite artists to make them really special. For details on merch, all of our upcoming events like Meetup Day and more, visit MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O-O-P-T-O-B-E-R. Happy Co-Optober! Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Jason Pargin and Joelle Nicole Johnson. Once again, here's Jake Heath Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. All right, Joelle, of your many interests, you told us that you know and love Stevie Wonder songs, How to Live in Luxury in Brooklyn, and Drag Queens and Drag Race and Drag Race All-Stars. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us what Stevie Wonder songs mean to you. Oh, it's just my mother. My mother raised me properly, and mm-hmm. I would have to listen to... <laughs> Either Stevie Wonder or talk radio in the backseat of our Volvo in the 90s. And I didn't want to listen to Rush Limbaugh. So I was like, please play Stevie Wonder. (laughs) And so I grew up listening to it all the time. And my mother has seen Stevie Wonder every decade. He is two years older than her. She saw him play fingertips in a gymnasium in Harlem when she was 13 years old. I like to think that we all have on our shoulders a Stevie Wonder and a Rush Limbaugh, and it's just a matter of which one we listen to. (laughs) Yes, I listen to Stevie most times. I would hope so. All right, next, Joyelle, tell us what how to live in luxury in Brooklyn means to you. Oh, I just moved into my first luxury apartment, JP. (gasps) Yes, I have, oh my goodness, washer dryer in unit. Uh I have bike storage, I have a rooftop, I have a lounge, a patio, and the kicker, ooh, Mm -hmm. a parking spot. Let's go. Oh, Joyelle, are you you gentrifying your own home? I am the gentrifier. I am the first of the gentrifiers, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, how do you live in luxury in Brooklyn other than uh, paying for it? I think that's about it. But you got to dig You got to dig deep. You have to okay. dig deep. <laughs> there'll be places that were like $500 less than this. And you're like, does it come with the mice? Because I don't necessarily want them here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then finally, Joyelle, tell us what drag queens and drag race and drag race all stars means to you. Well, much like Jason, through the pandemic, we had to, you know, start watching a show that had a lot of seasons, Mm -hmm. you know? So I became obsessed with Drag Race during the pandemic, and I stand a drag queen baby as a five foot eleven woman you know sometimes i might be mistaken for one so let's go (laughs) i love watching them and they're just so fun and crazy and campy (laughs) (laughs) all right well to summarize you said that you know and love stevie wonder songs how to live in luxury in brooklyn and drag queens and drag race and drag race all-stars today we're going to quiz you about Drag queens and drag race and drag race all-stars. Listen, that makes sense because if it, mm-hmm. I felt like Taskmaster is the straight white male drag race. <laughs> well, they are similar. I mean, they, <laughs> there are competition shows that require yes. a lot of creativity. Absolutely. Uh, very cool. Uh, do you have a, do you have favorite uh, moments or contestants from over the years? Oh, favorite contestants, Bob the Drag Queen. I'm a Bob girl. I'm a Monet girl. I love it, mm-hmm. Alyssa Edwards. You know, mm-hmm. I I love all those girls. They're all fantastic. There's a couple mm-hmm. of v- villains that I love as well. <laughs> This is a big category that you've picked. It's huge. And I got interviewed to write for the show. So I had to do a lot of research. Mm -hmm. So, you know, here's crossing my fingers, hoping I know half as much about Drag Race as Jason knows about Taskmaster. (laughs) 
you have a favorite kind of segment that uh, that they do on Drag Race that you look forward to? What's happened with the Drag Race All-Stars is they do a lip sync. There's a lip sync every time, but then they added the caveat of lip sync against a former lip sync assassin. Mm-hmm. And you don't know who the lip sync assassin is going to be until they reveal it. And that reveal has me and my boyfriend in the house screaming like we're watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's wonderful. This is our Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to watch the Super Bowl every week when it's on. Absolutely. That's wonderful. All right. Wow. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic, Joyelle, with our question worth up to three points. Before that, to let you show your love, here are your five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. Again, you're allowed a hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Jason, do listen closely because if Joyelle answers incorrectly, you can steal. By the way, Jason, how much do you know about drag queens and drag race and drag race all-stars? My wife watches Drag Race. I have walked past it hundreds of times. I don't know how much I have absorbed. If I'm asked to make a guess, I'm probably always going to say Bob the Drag Queen every time. (laughs) Uh, Because I don't think that much else has stuck with me. Okay, well, we'll see if that comes up. Here's question number one, Joyelle. Mm. RuPaul has been a force in drag since first appearing regularly on television in 1982, long before becoming the Emmy-winning host and producer of Drag Race in 2009. What is RuPaul's last name, which is also the name of the current monarch of the UK, where Taskmaster is from? (laughs) RuPaul Charles, baby! Ellen? That is correct. That is correct. Fun fact, way before 1982, one of the first drag performers on American television was Jim Bailey, who dressed and sang as famous female entertainers. These performances included Barbara Streisand, Peggy Lee, and his most famous Judy Garland, who sang with him and even coached him on how to do a better Judy Garland. That (laughs) is a video I would love to watch. I love it. All right, here's question number two. On RuPaul's Drag Race, what two-word sort of French phrase does Ru say to command contestants to leave the runway once they've been eliminated? Sashay away, baby. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Thank you for adding baby to all of your answers so far. Uh, (laughs) Fun fact, according to Merriam-Webster, sashay is an alteration of the French borrowing chasse, which refers to a dance step and itself comes from the French verb chasser, meaning to chase. As in, Mm -hmm. chase this person away from my sight. I know, a chasse step leap. Oh, very nice. Mm -hmm. Here's question number three. Drag Race has a regular judging panel, including Ross Matthews and Michelle Visage. And according to IMDb, 344 other people have appeared on the show as a guest judge. Name them. No, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Joyelle, but which of the following is not one of them? Which of these people has not been a judge on Drag Race? Is it designer Bob Mackie, singer Ariana Grande, actor Wayne Brady, TV judge Judge Judy, or U.S. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? I believe the answer is Judge Judy, baby. Thank you. We're waiting for the baby. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Very nice, Joyelle. (laughs) Fun fact, several former guests of Go Fact Yourself have also been judges, including Bruce Valanche, Margaret Cho, Clinton Kelly, and Joan Van Ark. Who knew we traveled in such same circles? All right, Joyelle, here's question number four. You do still have your two hints available. There is plenty of unnecessary and frankly stupid controversy these days about drag queens and children, but that Mm -hmm. hasn't stopped at least two drag race contestants from strong associations with popular children's entertainment. Who is the season seven competitor whose Barbie obsession is the source of her drag name? And who is the season 11 competitor who duetted with Kermit the Frog on a special for Disney Plus? Woo, that was a lot of words you just said. Um, (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna need a little hint, Helen. 
All right, how about that first hint, Helen? The Barbie obsession is shown in her last name being the company that makes Barbie. The one who sang with Kermit shares a name with a direction on a compass. All right, my first is Trixie Mattel, and my second is West, Northwest, South. <laughs> Helen? That is not quite correct. Not quite correct. Jason, with a chance to steal, I have a feeling I might know your answer. Uh, yes, Bob the Drag Queen West. Helen? <laughs> is their full name. That is not correct. No, I'm terribly sorry. Okay. Trixie Mattel is correct, and you were on the right track with West. Nina West. Nina oh, West Nina. is the one who sang. So that'll be a half a point for you there. Fun fact, Brian Furcus, the performer behind Trixie Mattel, appeared as an expert on episode 27 of Go Fact Yourself. Nina West appeared as a contestant on episode 89. Again, who knew we had so much in common with Drag Race? All right, Joyelle, here's question number five. You still have a hint available. A Dominican-American queen named Candy Muse has finished runner-up twice in the two seasons she appeared on the show, season 13 of Drag Race and the most recent season of All Stars. But before she was on either season, she performed in New York under a different drag name. What was that name? Hit me. Hit me, Helen. (laughs) Helen? A lot of people go to Washington, D.C. and Yoshino, Japan to see these in spring. Tulip is my guess, but I guess that's not the answer. Tulips are an Amsterdam girl. I'm I'm just all the way wrong. Helen? That is not correct. No, I'm sorry. You were all the way wrong. Jason with a chance to steal. Are they cherry blossoms? Helen? That is correct. A successful steal from Jason. Very, very nice. Looks like you absorbed a lot walking by that TV. I don't feel like that was a drag question. I feel like that was a (laughs) prank question. That feels unfair. There's a fine line, isn't there, though? Uh, (laughs) Jason knows a lot about vegetations. (laughs) Fun fact, the performer behind Candy Muse, formerly Cherry Blossom, grew up a Mormon. Whoa. Yeah. Does our family talk to her? I don't know. Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That'll be something we have to research later on. All right. You did quite well in that round, Joel. But now here's your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. Joyelle, one memorable contestant made it to the final episode of three different seasons. Season 9 of Drag Race, Season 7 of All Stars, and Season 5 of All Stars, the latter of which they won. Along the way to that season five victory, they blazed a trail of iconic performances. For up to three points, what sibling act did they lip sync to with the aforementioned Alyssa Edwards to win the second episode? What rapper did they portray when they won the Snatch Game of Love episode? And who is this performer who won season five of All Stars in 2020? I want to say Lil Jon is the rapper. All right. Um, the winner is Shea Coulee. I believe, and um, Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson scream. All right. That's going to be my answer. All right. Well, Helen is taking note of those final answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight from Chicago is a drag race star who appeared on three seasons, including winning season five of All Stars. It's Shea Coulee. I'm dead, bitch. Y'all said I couldn't cuss. Hello. Hi. Oh, my God. If I wasn't black, you could see me blushing right now. I'm about to start crying. Hello. Hi, Shay. Hi, Joyelle. How are you? Oh, my God. Look, I love this. Yeah. Joyelle is wiping oh. away tears, if you don't mind my telling people. Oh, I'm, I'm just so proud of you. I, I, I love you. 
Thank You're my you. Alex Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Jason didn't cry though. <laughs> I am so goofy. Hi, Shay. How are Hi, you? Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you. You know, I'm doing great up in these virtual streets, just enjoying uh, <laughs> a nice overcast day in Chicago. Yes. Yeah, feeling good. Excellent. Oh my God, I'm gonna be in Chicago next week. Of course, I'm gonna be in LA next week. Oh, listen, Shay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm so happy I got that question right. <laughs> Y'all are disrespectful. You ain't tell me Shay was gonna be listening. Well, I can't tell you that. Oh my goodness. And speaking of some trivia, hold on, because let Please. me tell you something. I have yeah. known Candy Muse for eight years. I did not know that her original that. drag name was Cherry Blossom. I literally texted her and I was like, bitch. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I was like, your name was Cherry Blossom? I was like... <laughs> well, Shay, for some of our listeners who may not be familiar, your fashion has been praised by places like Vogue, W Magazine, Harper's Bazaar. You've got millions of followers on different social media platforms and millions of streams of your music. Your music debut album, Eight, just dropped earlier this year and is now available on all of the streaming platforms. Congratulations on all of those wonderful things. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, you grew up in a small town, uh, I believe in Indiana. Where in when did you first encounter a drag scene? Not until I moved to Chicago um, mm -hmm. for school. One of the queens, uh, she used to, it's, it's crazy because she she's now transitioned and um, she works as an alderman now in Chicago. Um, mm. Her name is Precious, but Precious used to be in my like 8.30 a.m. morning dance class, but she also <laughs> was like working as like a drag queen on the Halstead Strip. And I remember there would be like days where she would come to class like still like and drag because she was still out from the night before. <laughs> I remember just being like, and as soon as I could, went and saw a drag show, and it was her, Dita Ritz from season four of RuPaul's Drag Race, and another queen, Saya Naomi. And I just remember just being so blown away. And I was just like, girl, where can I get a wig and some heels so I can get up here and start doing <laughs> <Yeah>. this? <laughs> and there's a really big drag scene in Chicago. I don't think a lot of people know about. Yeah. For the longest time, we had a really strong like pageant circuit because we have one of the most iconic pageants that we host here every Labor Day weekend called Continental. And then also there's like a really strong like nightclub underground, like house music and club kids circuit. And it used to be that they kind of like kept to themselves, but I feel like in the last 15 years has been like this really great merging of all these different communities and like the drag scene in Chicago has become something that is just like so incredibly enriched and vast mm. and I love it so much. Well you're, you're a wonderful ambassador for it for sure. <laughs> you auditioned five times for Drag Race before you got on. Why did you stick with it for so many times? Because I had a five-year plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I literally, when I started drag, I gave myself a two-year plan and then a five-year plan. And making wow. it on to Drag Race was part of my five-year plan. And I literally made it on there my fifth try. Wow. And so, yeah, of course, I auditioned every time because I was just all like, well, I have five years to get my ass on this program. <laughs> and it took exactly five years to get my ass on that program. And the fifth wow. time, did you walk in and say, okay, everybody, this is the year? <laughs> yeah. I was just all like, look. <laughs> I was like, I watched all my friends Trixie Mattel Pearl Kimchi yeah. all of them get on before me I was like damn what am <laughs> I doing but you know what I I am a firm believer in divine timing and everything mm. is meant to happen for you and your timeline so you know I just had to be patient Joelle mentioned that uh, some of her favorite parts of the show are the lip sync challenges that seemed to be a specialty of yours you won so many of those how, how did you get assassin. to be so <laughs> assassin yes <laughs> 
How did you get to be so good at lip syncing? Uh, is it more? Is there more to it than just looking at yourself in the mirror? I think to mm -hmm. be a really good lip syncer is to be a really good actor, because you really do have to sell the song. You have to like be able to fully like understand how lips move and articulate to form certain mm. words. Like there is an intention that goes into it, and you have to be just like truly like locked in. Like you have to be like one with the music it's like on some jedi level shit, you know what i'm saying <laughs> so I, uh, i'm able to get into my zone and like really zen and like let the force take over and just like fully like lean into like a strong lip sync performance it's one of my favorite things to do wow uh i saw you say that drag is like expanding on your own inner superhero uh, which is a wonderful way of describing it. And there's actually a Marvel superhero that you helped inspire uh, named Shade. Uh, what did that mean to you to find that out? That was really incredible. And ever since the creation of Shade, who then later on got named Dark Veil, I became friends with um, Cena Grace, who was the creator of this character. And um, oh, wow. to be able to like a develop a friendship with them and and see how my drag was able to inspire them to create this character, but then also have the opportunity last year to be able to like step into the Marvel universe. Um, right. For the Tell show. us about that. Ironheart, little baby me. Oh my mm. gosh, so excited and thrilled because like I was always flipping around my mom's living room pretending like I was a superhero. So yeah. to be able to like actually turn that into a real experience is really, really cool. Yeah, I, I believe you're going to be the first drag queen in the MCU. That's me. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, we spoke earlier about your athletic prowess, both before and on the show. Uh, you're actually going to be at a big event that involves athletes. Tell us about that. Yeah. So um, I will be performing in the opening ceremony for the Gay Games on November 6th in Hong Kong. So I'm really excited See, I about knew that. that. I've never been to Asia before, even though mm -hmm. um, I found out on my 23andMe that I'm 7% Chinese. So I'm really excited yeah. to like go to China now i'm like let's go <laughs> <laughs> let's go see your own people yeah at least Let seven percent of your own people now yes yes yeah. me, i'm like look i'm part of the diaspora seven percent of me is um <laughs> what's up <laughs> what's up indeed all right well let's get to the reason we brought you here as far as our game is concerned you heard the questions that we asked of joyelle we wanted to know first that person who won season five of all stars what sibling act did they lip sync to to win the second episode helen what did Joyelle say? Joyelle said Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson. And Shay? Unfortunately, no. Ah! Um, it was myself and Alyssa Edwards um, performing to the Neutron Dance by the Pointer Sisters. Oh, yes. Duh. <laughs> I panicked. Yeah, That's all right. I definitely pulled a muscle in my groin doing that lip sync, too. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when we're talking about it, it's athletic. Like, we really oh, put yeah. our whole selves into it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No point there. Sorry for Joyelle. Next, we want to know what rap or did that person portray when they won the Snatch Game of Love episode that season? Helen, what did Joyelle say? Joyelle said Lil John. And Shay? It was Flavor Flame! Oh, God! Boo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> terrible. You were booing yourself, Joyelle. I'm booing myself. Okay, no, but right. Deja Sky did do um, Lil John. 
Ah, uh, yes. okay. So, so that's Lil Jon was done in uh, Snatch Game. Was done, yes. Yes, was done. Easy, Snatch easy Game to confuse, is though. so difficult. There's like a million of us now. <laughs> yeah. All right, no point there. I'm sorry. But finally, we wanted to know who was that person who won season five of All Stars as well as those two other appearances. What did Joyelle say, Helen? Joyelle said Shay Coulee. And? Well, I didn't come to play. I came to slay, girl. It was Shay Coulee. It was, yeah. <laughs> I got one right. You got the important one right, I, I think, as well. The winner, baby. You're a winner, baby. That win got spoiled for me while I was on an airplane looking at somebody else's screen. Because oh, no. I had been watching it. Oh. And then I glanced at their screen, and I saw you getting crowds, and I was like, Damn it! <laughs> I had like a couple episodes left. I was so mad. You're like, no. And you know what? I do that all the time too, for some reason. Like, I will fully have my own program on an airplane, but I'll be watching the person across the aisle. And I'd like to play this game of can I figure out what this movie is about and what's going on just based Damn. off of the, the visuals? Same. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we got we have ADD. <laughs> that <laughs> That's amazing. Joelle, while we have Shea Coulee here, anything else you'd like to ask or say to them? When do you do giveaways for clothes and shoes and accessories you don't want anymore? <laughs> um, when my drag daughters stop breaking into my storage unit and robbing me blind. <laughs> Like, can I be your drag daughter, Shay? Can you put me in drag for the first time? Yeah, you can come rob me too. Please. Look. <laughs> all, the other, on. all the other kids are doing it. <laughs> like, I will be out on a gig and then scrolling on Instagram and I'll see just one of my drag daughters and one of my wigs and my outfits. I'm just like, so that's where that went. Uh, kids <laughs> today. You don't need it. It was a story. Kids, kids yeah, these kids. days. Kids, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with kids today? <laughs> Shay, it's so wonderful that you joined us. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where can they do that? Um, yeah, you could just follow me on um, Instagram, the app formerly known as Twitter, and TikTok, <laughs> all under at Shay Coulee. Excellent. We're so happy that you joined us today. What a treat. Shay Coulee, everybody. <laughs> Thank Yay! you. All right, Helen, what is our score as we head into the final round? At the end of that round, Jason Pargin has 10 points and Joyelle Nicole Johnson has 7 points. Yeah! <laughs> All right, now it is time for a final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read 10 statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Jason and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth 1 point. Again, please answer each statement with true or false. Here we begin. Jason, cosmetics companies sometimes make fragrances. True? Correct. Joyelle, a company called Lush Cosmetics makes fragrances. True. Correct. Jason, Lush Cosmetics has a fragrance called Love. False. Incorrect. No, they really do. Joyelle, Lush Cosmetics has a fragrance called Hate. True. Incorrect. No, but I want to know what it smells like. Jason, they have a fragrance called Tank Battle. Uh, there's no chance. False. Incorrect. There is a chance. They really do. Joyelle, they have a fragrance called Death and Decay. False. Incorrect. Nope, they do. Jason, <laughs> Death and Decay costs more than $48 an ounce. Oh, it has to. True. Correct. Joyelle, it's their most expensive fragrance. True. Incorrect. Jason, oh, it's their least expensive fragrance. True. Incorrect. No, it's somewhere in between. Joyelle, it's described on their website as the comforting scent of a funeral home. True? Incorrect. No. Jason, there is a company, though, that makes a real fragrance called Funeral Home. Probably true. Uh, correct. And finally, Joyelle, that smells like death and decay. True. 
Correct. Actually, we're not 100% sure, but we're eager to find out. All right, I want to thank Jason Pargin and Joyelle Nicole Johnson as Helen tabulates the final score. By the way, Death and Decay is described on Lush's website as having notes of ylang ylang, rose and jasmine, and delivering a bold, floral, and sweet bouquet. I don't know why they don't call it Death and Bouquet. All right, Helen, are you ready to announce the winner on today's show? I am. At the end of the game, Jason Pargin has 12 points and Joelle Nicole Johnson has 7 points. Congratulations, Jason Pargin. You are the facting champion on Go Fact Yourself. Jason, what will you do with your championship? Uh, It's my understanding that I win a brand new Tesla Cybertruck. I believe I think you said it was either that or the equivalent value in Bitcoin. I will be taking the truck and... Showing it off to all of my neighbors. Again, I do not know who has been emailing you about that. But uh, I had multiple <laughs> tabs open at the same time. I had your email and then Twitter and some other things. So I may have gotten. Uh, you might have gotten a little confused. Yes, we'll, we'll sort that out by the time this uh, airs. Uh, all right. I want to give everyone here a chance to mention or promote anything that they might like. Uh, Jason Pargent, where can people find you and what you're up to? The book is called Zoe is Too Drunk for This Dystopia. It is out on October 31st, 2020. Three, uh, I am on TikTok at Jason K. Pargin, but I am also on all of the other things at that same username. I'm on Twitter, X, uh, and Instagram, and Facebook, and Threads, and what's the other new one? Sky Those something, Blue Sky. Blue Sky, Threads, I don't know. I can't <laughs> Goodreads, and YouTube, um, and several more that I've forgotten to update It's always that same username. Just Google that username. You'll find them. We have Google here, and we're happy that we had you here, Jason Pargin. Joelle Nicole Johnson, where can people find what you're up to? I am doing the Not the Mama tour all over the United States and Canada. So if you go to my link tree on Instagram, you can see those dates. And sure, I'll update my website eventually to my manager's chagrin. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Joyelle Johnson, thank you again for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, my hosting partner is funny. She is Helen. She is Hong. She is funny Helen Hong. If you are in the Seattle area, I will be playing at the Kirkland Performance Center in Seattle on October 21st. Come out and see me and follow me at funny Helen Hong because I'm the funny one. Not that other one. She uh-uh. is indeed. Uh, and me, you can find me on Twitter or X or whatever the hell at J underscore Keith on everything else at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leaves me to thank Helen Hong, Jason Pargin, Joelle Nicole Johnson, Alex Horn, Shay Coulet, and thank you for listening and supporting our show at MaximumFun.org. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's happening again. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. Meanwhile, please like us on Facebook, follow us on the socials, all at GoFactorPod, update our wiki at GoFactorWiki.Fandom.com, and buy our T-shaped shirt and mug-shaped mug at MaxFunStore.com. And give us a great review on your favorite podcast platform, like Cosmo Bouchard did on Apple Podcasts. He, she, or they said, did you ever want to hear someone moderately famous take your hand and bring you down a rabbit hole of crazy knowledge from their childhood or COVID panic? This podcast may be for you. Thanks, Cosmo Bouchard. I think we just made you moderately famous. Helen? <laughs> Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised and produced by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from various homes across the world. Questions were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex, including Jason Block and Eric Kleiner. We are produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun senior producer is Laura Swisher. Associate producer and editor and overall hero is Julian Burrell. Our show engineer and sound master is Dave McKeever. Our theme song and incidental 
music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Research assistance provided by Adam Needif. Quiz assistance provided by Trip Payne, Mike Avellanos, Elliot Hochberg, and Becky Rocher. Promotional graphics by Erich Tran. Added support from Dave Bianchi and Christine Vallada. Special thanks to Amy Ann Kemp. Alexandra Stimson and James Taylor of Avalon UK, Sarah Coakley of Coakley PR, Dan Poliak, Dr. Brody Neuenschwander, Andrew Levitt, and Nina West. I've been Helen Hong! Let's go watch Taskmaster! And Drag Race! Oh, I love competition shows that involve creativity! Maximum Fun! A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.